What's going on everybody? You know who this is. This is the Mile You're In Podcast. We're back for another episode. I'm still alive. I survived last weekend. In many ways, I don't know how, but let's talk about it. For those of you that listened last week, you know that I planned to run my sixth 100-mile race um, running solo, a virtual 100-mile race, a four-mile loop around my neighborhood, all on my own. I set up a table, a few coolers, some chairs, a tent in case I needed it. It was supposed to rain. I had a bunch of gear food, nutrition, all this stuff prepared from previous race experience, what I would need to get through this journey. Up until the race, it rained nonstop. It was raining every day, almost all day. Since the race, it's continued that trend. But for some reason, the two days that I decided to run, Mother Nature brought hell. I mean, it was hot. It was humid. Nothing like the weather uh, had predicted, but that's what makes this fun. That's what makes it challenging and and rewarding when you overcome it. You can train in any condition you want. You can pick and choose when, where, and how to train. But come race day, you're at the mercy of Mother Nature, and you just have to accept the cards that you're dealt. You have to play with them. So, yeah, I started at 6 a.m. on Friday the 29th. I wanted to treat it like a real race. I didn't want to lollygag around or play around. I I wanted to take it serious. Um, So I started right at 6 o'clock. It was still fairly dark out. The sun was starting to come up. So the first hour was very humid. Without the sun, without a breeze, it was just, you know, like a a blanket of humidity surrounding me. And I'm not going to lie. When I got to mile one and in my head, I jokingly said 99 to go. I was already like, this sucks. I don't know if I really want to do this. (laughs) I stayed focused. (laughs) Uh, Despite the early sarcastic negativity, I, uh, I, I pushed through the first loop. My plan was to check in with everybody on Facebook every every loop just to let people know what was going on, how I was feeling, also to kind of document it and, and look back on it. I remember going out on that second loop knowing the sun was coming out and not knowing if it was going to get worse humidity-wise or if it was going to get worse just in general heat-wise. Uh, thankfully, as annoying as the sun and its heat penetrating your skin can be, it brought a breeze that lowered the humidity, and at least as you sweat or you soaked yourself with a cool towel or whatever, uh, it did bring some moments of relief and mental just refreshment. I remember going through those first couple of loops with the sun thinking, I'd rather this than the humidity, but this is still tough. For me, I'm normally known as the person who loves and embraces the heat. It doesn't normally affect me. The only difference this time around, I think, is that the weather lately has been on the cooler side. Uh, And like I said, for almost the whole month of May, there was a lot of rain. So I didn't get the normal training that I normally do in like the warmer weather. Uh, Also with my son and now working from home because of 
the virus situation and just everything else going on, even my training times of the day changed. So I was running a lot more in cooler weather than I normally train in. So come race day, I think the heat was starting to affect me more than it normally does. Now I was staying hydrated. I was actually going to the bathroom more than I normally do. Usually I don't have to pee as much as I did this time. You know, it was it was reassuring myself, okay, you are staying hydrated. But as as the time went on, it just it started to wear on me more and more. And I decided to start walking more earlier to to try to offset that and, and you know, just do what I could to survive into the night, knowing that it would get somewhat cooler. But I was also concerned that the humidity would come back and it would just kind of balance itself out and just be just as miserable just in a different in a different way the the running story no pun intended uh the running story that started at mile 80 uh not 82 with uh 82 to go so i had put on this hat my friend lucian calls it the snoopy hat you know it's one of those hats with the it's a white hat with the long brim and it has like the the neck protector on the side but it kind of it can flap so it covers your ears and and your neck and you know the sides of your face but it's free from the bill so it can flap with the wind and the breeze you know you kind of look like Snoopy if you're wearing it so I put that on and my assumption is that this one particular bird thought I was a bird it's the only thing I could the only way I can make sense of it because it didn't happen whenever I had the hat off only when I had the hat on this one particular bird started just flying at me and originally it it would just fly near me and go away but as the race went on it clawed me a couple times and then I did find either the same one that had relocated or just another one because they looked exactly the same so it was the same kind of bird if it was a different one doing the same thing so now I had two birds I'm assuming attacking me at mile one and at mile two so the nice thing as the race went on was I knew the first two miles of each loop I had the potential of being attacked by a bird mile three and four I was safe and I could you know rest easily for those two miles it's one less thing I had to concern myself with Uh, so that was one of the jokes that kind of went on throughout the race it was funny to experience uh, as annoying as it got it sometimes there were moments I was prepared to start loops with weapons uh, to protect myself because the bird was getting seriously aggressive more and more as the race went on. I think it was getting more annoyed of seeing me and I was getting more uh, more annoyed of seeing it. Then again, when you do the same loop 25 times by yourself, everything you see over and over again starts to annoy you. But that's, that's another point I wanted to bring up is I, I've done a lot of 100-mile uh, races that involve loops. Only one of them didn't. What was nice about this one was I was concerned being that I was by myself because in the other loop races, you're going to see people constantly. Things are still always changing because you're not always going to see the same people at the same spots. You know, yeah, the, the, the course is the same, but there's different variables. There might be animals in certain sections at some times or, you know, whatever. But in this case, I was like, this is going to be the same thing over and over and over and over again. It ended up not being that way. What I'll say is I never really saw the same people or the same things more than maybe twice because they were usually in motion as well. So if I did see them twice, it was them in the beginning and end of their workout on that loop or whatever route they were taking. 
Um, or they had gone inside by the time I came around the third or fourth time. You know, they went to work, they were coming from work, you know, whatever they were doing. It was never really the same on each loop. Each loop actually felt different between the cars that were passing by, the food that I would smell from restaurants. You know, people at bus stops were different. Animals being walked were different. Um, really, the only consistency was that annoying-ass bird that continued to attack me. But even that wasn't always there. It was off and on throughout the race. So uh, it was kind of funny because you were like, all right, I know I'm approaching this area where the bird's going to be. Oh, it didn't attack me this time. Awesome. You know, so it's, it's one of those things where not each loop was the same despite me thinking and assuming because you know you're running a four mile loop around your neighborhood how much do you really expect to change throughout a possible 48 hour period it made me realize how much really goes on in my neighborhood when i'm not home or when i'm not outside paying attention to it because seeing my neighborhood for what ended up being almost 40 hours was was interesting i'll, I'll leave it at that there were a lot of Maybe I won't leave it at that. There were a lot of uh, people that I had never seen before. Um, there were a lot of people I had seen before, but never in those ways. Usually they're exercising and now I was seeing them do other things at their actual house or people I had seen doing things around their house that now I've seen exercising. I've seen a lot of non-social distancing <laughs> going on. People that just didn't seem to care. Uh, now that our restrictions have been lifted slightly in our area uh, where I live, it seemed like nothing was going on. I don't, I don't really recall seeing any masks if I think about it now, which is kind of weird. So getting back to the race, you know, kind of fast forwarding here because a lot of it was repetitive. A lot of it was the same. It was a grind. You guys already know my motto of ride the highs and grind the lows. One thing I will touch on. I, I even mentioned it to my wife today is normally when I experience a high or or a low during these races, they're very dramatic. They're very high. They're very low. I really feel like because of the medicine I started taking for my depression actually kept that as it has in my personal life since taking it, it, it kept things more level. I stayed more level-headed. So I wasn't riding a high as drastically as I normally do. And when things got negative, I didn't dwell on them as much and I didn't keep myself down as much. So I felt like there wasn't that super excitement that I sometimes feel, but there also wasn't that I always want to give up and quit feeling when it, when it did get bad. Because sometimes when it got bad, it was like, okay, I was able to talk myself out of it and get out of it quicker where when I experienced the highs it wasn't like oh man normally I'm like I hope this lasts forever and I try to hang on to it and at this time it was like all right you know this is gonna go away soon so it was like I, I stayed calmer and more level-headed and focused on the task at hand instead of the highs and lows that I was riding because of how hot it was I started soaking myself more than than normal just to try to keep myself as cool as possible so putting ice in my hat and, and letting it melt and drip down onto me you know I was even stuffing two arm warmers that I have tied them together at one end and then on the other end I would tie them shut so that I could fill both of them basically with ice and also wrap that around my neck tuck it into my singlet or my shirt and that would also melt and and just kind of drip down my body to keep me cool so I had ice melting on my head. 
and around my neck and shoulders, constantly keeping me cool. The only problem with that was that was going straight down into my shoes, which eventually around mile with like 56 to go, I knew this was going to be a problem because now I was going to have to start changing my socks more uh, and even shoes because they were both getting soaked. And I only had so many shoes, only had so many socks. So I, I had to start rotating those more frequently than I normally do um, just to keep my feet dry try to avoid blisters as much as possible. Anything that could take away from the momentum I had going, I was doing my best to, to avoid and take advantage of. With about 44 to, to go, now at this point, I, I forgot to mention that uh, my friend Monique, who's run a couple hundred milers with me, uh, she, she came out a couple times to just run and walk with me and kind of be that crew friend to, to keep me focused, to just make sure I was doing okay and, and to be there for anything I might need when possible. I was finishing one of my loops coming up to with what, what was 44 to go. The neighbor that lives across the street from me that I see every day walking his dogs, he was leaving the neighborhood. He was driving and yells out of his window. He's like, dude, are you are you crazy? Go home. You've been running all day. I've seen you all day out here. Go home. So I was laughing it off because I knew I still had 44 to go, but I was starting to feel it too. Um, it was at that point I, I had told Monique, normally I have dinner by now. I, I want to take a mental break, get something to eat, but also go inside and get some AC to cool down because the heat was just really affecting me. I was starting to feel a little dizzy, a little lightheaded. Um, so she went and got food while I went inside and I had some food of my own. Laid down, hung out with my son for a little bit, put on my air relax uh, leg compressors and, and just tried to get out some of the crap I was feeling in my legs, try to rejuvenate them a little bit more. It was at that point I, as I started to relax more, uh, and now be around my son and interact with him and kind of dwell on what was going on. I started to hit one of those low negative grinds, probably the worst one of the whole race. I remember starting that next loop and telling Monique, I, I think I need a longer break. And, and she, you know, doing what any crew member will do or should do is you you want to have that balance you want to you want to tell what they need to hear and not what they want to hear but you also need to know when to make the discernment on scrapping that plan because you never want to push the person you have to observe and know when to say okay you know what yeah it's easy for me to say keep going because i haven't done everything that this person has done yet um or or at all but i i am not fully in their shoes right now i have not experienced what they've experienced up to this point i need to understand what i'm feeling is way different than what they're feeling and i can only motivate them so much and it's safe for me to only motivate them so much you never want to push them too far for many reasons so as we're doing that loop and I'm, I'm in my own head, it, it just, I felt terrible. Not really physically as, there wasn't really much pain. I didn't really have any blisters at that point. Uh, my legs felt good. My breathing felt okay. It was more just, I think the sun, like my skin felt warm. I couldn't cool down and I, I couldn't feel stable. I felt lightheaded and dizzy. So I told Monique, I said, hey, look, 
I got 40 to go. This specific race has unique rules of a 48 hour time limit. I got 40 miles to go and I still at that point had 30 something hours left. I think 31, 32, I don't know. I still had a lot of time left. So I told her, look, I'm gonna get some sleep. I don't know how long I'm gonna sleep. I'm just gonna sleep until I feel better and see how I feel when I wake up and make a decision at that point. So I go inside, everybody's already sleeping. So, you know, I ate something real quick, laid down, had to go to the bathroom because again, I had been consuming so much. And now that my body was finally relaxing and not burning it, I had to go to the bathroom quicker. I just remember walking into the into the bathroom and I felt good until I looked down at the toilet because anyone who uh, any male because I don't assume women are peeing in ultras standing up they might though <laughs> I've seen some crazy things at ultras but as men we typically stand when we pee I looked down to make sure because it was dark I didn't want to piss on the floor on the toilet seat and make my wife upset so I looked down and something about that motion, all of a sudden I felt lightheaded, dizzy. So now I sit down. I said, you know, all right, whatever. I can sit down and pee. That's fine. <laughs> but as I was sitting down, it was getting worse. I felt like I was either going to faint or I was going to throw up. And because I was afraid of fainting and falling and hitting my head or something, you know, seriously dangerous, I decided, you know, let me lay down on the tile it's nice and cold it'll help my skin it'll help my body temperature drop maybe i'll feel better and as i'm laying on the tile you know my wife is a couple feet away sleeping with my son my body feels cold but my head is starting to sweat like crazy um, now i started to feel better like i didn't feel faintish or anything like that that was starting to go away but now i'm like oh my god i'm i'm sweating but i feel cold and i feel dizzy I expected to just wake up on the floor there. I, I didn't know how I was going to feel, but I I felt a little better. I got up. Next thing I know, I had to go to the bathroom more than just peeing. So I clear my system out. I go lay down. I wake up, you know, off and on throughout the night because now the, the aches and pains are starting to linger, you know, as your body starts to tighten up and, and the muscles stiffen up and everything like that. But throughout the night, as I started feeling better each time I woke up, and noticed my body wasn't hurting like it normally does. I felt more confident that okay, you know what, I'm 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 recovering and I have a chance to get back up and, and get going. So somewhere between eight, nine hours after I had stopped, I woke up, I felt good, I felt like I couldn't sleep anymore. I could have kept sleeping, but it would have been forced. At that point, I felt like I got enough sleep and I was good. So I said, you know what, let's let's give this a shot. I put on some compression tights. I put on a long sleeve running shirt just to protect my my skin from the sun because now I was sunburned and I know it was going to be affecting me. I did the ice in the hat and, and the neck, you know, the arm warmer thing. And I just went out and started walking. My back was starting to tighten up. Anytime I have to walk for those longer periods of time, that's expected. I've experienced it many times, so I know it's going to happen. I started feeling like... Like at that point, I knew I could finish and I knew that I would, but I had to get over the boredom aspect of it because I knew if I was going to have to walk the rest of this, it was going to be a mental battle like never before. Something within me as I as I continued eating and started feeling better stomach wise and, and mentally, something told me, you know, this is actually I know what it was. 
Now, now, as I say this, I remember specifically. I was so at that point because my feet were slightly sensitive, not swollen, really no blisters, but they were just sensitive. They didn't want to be crammed in shoes. I was actually walking the first couple of loops in my recovery running sandals because, as I mentioned earlier, the ice melting was getting, you know, going straight to my feet. It was now making my feet slide around in my sandals and it was becoming very difficult to walk in them so I started walking in the grass and trying to dry them off or at least air dry them and then when they would feel dry I'd put them back on but it was just the ice was melting at such a fast pace because of how hot it was I was going back and forth so I took them off and I was actually gaining speed by walking without them but now I'm walking barefoot and I'm like this isn't a smart idea yeah I'm on the sidewalk I can I can see there's no glass or anything dangerous that I'm stepping on but I can't do this the, the you know the next 36 something miles that's that's insane but because of how it felt I decided to see if I could run a little and I started running and I said man my legs feel really good better than they normally do at this point when I get back I'm going to put on some shoes and see how see what happens at that point, I put on some shoes, next loop, started walk running, and I got that second win, that second life. I was coming back from the dead. I felt good, and I knew if I could maintain this even just for 20 of the, well, at that point, it was 32 to go. So if I could even just do 16 of that, just half of that, just to bring down the amount of hours I was going to have to be out there, it was going to encourage me and motivate me to keep going. Um, I finished that loop and I started feeling, you know, at that point I'm feeling really good. I'm feeling confident. My neighbor sees me again and he's like, dude, you're out here again. You're still doing this. What What is up with you? What is wrong with you? Um, you know, that, that kind of livened me up a little bit more. I'd just have someone to joke around with for a second. You know, I'm continuing my laps. Monique comes back out to to join me she had just actually run 20 miles on her own so she said look I, I can't really run with you but I'll walk with you which was fine because at that point I was pretty much walking anyways and I told her I said you know even though I was feeling better I was starting to hit that low again because at this point it's now my birthday at this point it's May 30th I'm celebrating my 36th birthday by putting myself through just extreme boredom some pain some frustration negative emotion feeling you name it I was going through it so as I mentioned before what any good crew member does is they analyze the runner and they say what needs to be said and not what wants to be heard she wasn't as nice as she was the day before she she told me straight up a little bit of patois came out <laughs> but she she said I'm looking at you you look better you look great you're moving well just get out of your head you've come so far you've gotten this close you're too close to quit and at that point I was I was approaching 20 miles to go but in my head that was going to be probably the longest 20 miles ever so you know, we're looking at it from different points of view, but she's seeing me in a way that I'm not seeing myself. She sees stuff that I don't see. And that's that's one nice thing about having a crew is you can get yourself out of your funk because sometimes you don't see what other people see. And it's just like in life, a lot of times we doubt ourselves or what we're capable of or what we can do, what we can achieve. And other people's encouragement can uplift us to, to keep trying and and see what we are able to accomplish and I think that made a huge difference because I remember her 
right before she left, she said, hey, I'll be back in a few hours to help you finish. By the time I get back in, in three, four hours, you should be somewhere in the teens. I now was motivated to get into single digits before she got back because I, I felt good enough. You know, she seen what I was feeling. I just was on the fence, up and down, straddling it. I couldn't, I couldn't stick to one side. I felt great, felt negative, felt great, felt negative. Performance-wise, I was doing well. I just wasn't doing as well as I had hoped. I was already past the time limit I had set for myself. I was still within, I, I, I was still going to finish well under the 48-hour allowed time. It's just I had a goal for myself, and I was disappointed that I wasn't going to hit that. And even more so that I wasn't even going to hit plan B, and now I was in plan C's range. So that was kind of bringing me down a little bit. But overall, it was a it was just a, a roller coaster where instead of the normal, you go up a, a big high, and then you come down on a big low, and then you get back on the big high. This time it was like that part of the roller coaster that's just up, down, up, down, up, down, up. That little slight waving up and down that you that you experience. That's what was happening where I wasn't in the high for very long. I wasn't in the low very, very long. I was going up and down consistently to where I couldn't I couldn't dwell on either long enough like I could in 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 the first days worth of running so having that goal of you know what I don't want to be in the teens when she gets back at six I want to be in the single digits I want to shock her I want her to be surprised so I remember when I hit eight miles to go I hit the single digits and I I knew I was close I had two loops to go um, I remember <laughs> I came inside to get something and my wife said I finished and I, I, I laughed. You know, the, the, I couldn't think of anything really to respond other than to just laugh and say I wish. And then I just left and, and got back out there and, and kept going. And as I was finishing that loop for now the third time I see my neighbor, at this point he's, we're looking at each other. I'm pretty much out of it. I'm just exhausted physically and mentally but excited knowing I have one more loop to go, four miles to go. I'm almost done, about an hour and a half at most. He he looks at me and kind of like laughs. And he's like, how far are you running? And I said, uh, I got four miles to go. And he goes, no, how far are you, how many, how, how much are you doing? And I said, 100. And he goes, 100 miles? <laughs> and if, I'm thinking, what, what, 100, what else would I be doing, you know? I couldn't, I was so out of it, but, you know, I said, yeah, I'm, I'm doing a hundred miles. And he was just blown away by that. And, you know, it was, it was cool. It was like, he's seen different levels of me. Uh, he even seen the highs and lows and he got to see pretty much the beginning and the end of it. You know, I put on the flip-flops for the last loop, expecting to just walk. I was so excited and so ready to be done that I started running in the flip-flops. I was doing pretty well, actually. I think I had, I think my last loop was one of my, one of my fastest in the last 50 miles of the, of the race. I felt good and I was running in the flip-flops and I was just so happy to be done. I was like, everything that I saw, I was like, this is the last time I have to see you for a long time. In my head, I was giving each one of those things middle fingers. I was looking for the bird. I didn't see him because I was going to give the bird a bird and maybe even something else. But <laughs> I was just ex excited to finish. And I remember texting my wife and telling her, hey, you know, in case you want to see me, bring my son out. 
do a little mini celebration. Uh, uh, you know, I was giving her updates during the four miles. And um, sure enough, I come around the corner and nobody's there. Nobody. It's just me. And I run up. I finished. It was 100 miles, 100 and a half. So it was 4.2 miles each loop. So it ended up being 100 and a half miles. And took me just under 38 hours. I just remember finishing. Normally, at the end of each loop, I'd go in where I had my stuff set up. I, I wasn't going inside. I was going in the backyard. This time, I didn't have anything I needed to drop off or get. So I walked right into the house and laid down on the tile. And my wife was like, are you done? <laughs> and it's one of those where you just, you have nothing. You're, you're so drained. You're so done. You're glad it's over. I was just laying there. And all I could muster, the little bit of voice I had left, I just said, yeah, I'm done. And I honestly can't tell you what she said. I remember bits and pieces of it. I was so out of it. I was listening and, and the time in the moment we were having a conversation, but I couldn't tell you much of what we talked about other than the race itself and different questions she asked me and the fact she was just surprised I, I persevered through this weather. You know, I was laying there and my son starts crawling on me and, and that was making me feel great. And it just, it, it reminded me of the first time I ran 100 miles. You do this huge accomplishment and it's so different than some, you know, so many of these 5Ks, 10Ks, half marathons, full marathons, uh, even 50Ks where there's a, you know, a fancy big finish line, lots of people. With 100 milers, you're lucky if if you get even 1% of that. The first time I finished a 100 miler, I remember it didn't dawn on me, but those around me saw the finish line and they're like, that's it? Like you did all that for that? Like it was almost like you didn't even finish. It was so quiet and so, I don't even know the word. I don't want to say boring, but it was, it was one of those moments where you realize you're doing this for yourself. You're not doing it for anybody else. People will be impressed. They will be encouraged. Uh, they may even be motivated to attempt it. But you're doing it for you. You're not doing it for anybody else. It's your personal accomplishment, no matter how amazing and great it is. And that's the nice thing about this was I was there. Monique wasn't there. My wife wasn't there. My sister, who normally comes to these and crews me, she wasn't there. There was no race director there handing me a, a finisher belt buckle. It was just me. There was nobody to high five. There was nobody to hug. Nobody to ring a cowbell or cheer congratulate me it was just me me myself my thoughts my feelings my emotions and it felt great it didn't feel disappointing it didn't feel like it was all for nothing it didn't feel like a waste of time it didn't feel like I didn't have this I wish this was different or that was the, it was like you know what this is how it was meant to be it's perfect I'm glad it's this way. I'm going to cherish this more because of that. Because at the end of the day, no matter who's watching, I, I've said this before. I think I even said it last week. People are going to forget about what you do. There are people that have probably already forgotten what I did last week. And by hearing this podcast, they're going to go, oh, yeah, that's right. He did do that. There's times throughout the week that I forgot that I did this. So it's living in the moment. And that's something I want to wrap this up and encourage you guys to do. Because right now, here I was thinking 
the virus situation was all we had to deal with. And now the world is crazy right now, man. The world is is crazy. And I remember finishing my race and seeing as I was laying there on the floor locally, people were setting cars on fire in Miami and, and they were setting a curfew for my county and, and Miami. And I'm thinking, man, I who knows what could have happened to me while I was out there. I was unaware of everything that was going on coming home to, to see this. Here I am in a celebratory mood and I'm seeing this and, and just like, this sucks. It's like, how can you celebrate in a time like this and boast about what you've just accomplished when all of this is going on? There's bigger things to worry about. And it's one of those where I felt good in a way because, you know, normally when you accomplish something, you want to hear those praises and congratulations and you want that recognition and you know, your your social media notifications going off like crazy of people who are proud of you. It wasn't happening like it normally does because of what was going on. And it was like, you know what? It doesn't always have to be about me. It doesn't need to be about me. There's bigger things in life than what I'm doing. Again, there's other people going through s- stuff that's we can't relate to. We can't imagine. Sometimes we can't understand. So I want everybody to be encouraged to live in the moment we we can only control so much and we have to be grateful for what we do have and not dwell on the things that we don't um, cherish the moments and experiences we do get to experience being able to do what I did this weekend the fact that I did it sober made it even more special this is actually going to be six weeks now that I'm sober so it's been nice to experience life in a different way than I had up until this point. I just I just want to encourage people to take chances in life, to see what you're capable of, what you can achieve, what you can accomplish if you test your limits mentally and physically and, and just push yourself a little bit, but also to enjoy the moment. Try to enjoy life as, as much as possible because you never know how, how long you have. You, you really don't. With that said, I, I want to try to end this on a little bit more of a positive uplifting type of feeling i don't want to end it so somber and and kind of down because uh, we're all going through different different emotions right now uh with everything that's going on and i i have a good feeling that things are going to get better more than more than i ever have normally i'm the one who thinks that things are always going to continue to be bad whether it's my medication or just the change I've seen in a lot of people around the world over the last week, I think things are finally finally going to get better. I think. I at least hope so. I have some faith in that. So to my running community, I love you guys. You guys are awesome. I love seeing what you guys are accomplishing. And I can't wait to see what else you guys are going to do next. Until the next episode, I'll see you then.